Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Wild Wild Will. We're going through all the Will Smith movies and talking about them. We're at 2017's Collateral Beauty. Why are you looking at me so much? Which um, Lily and I just watched today. And Eric, you just finished this minutes ago. So you got that twist ending hot off the press. Wow, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, let's see here. Um, Are you still Naomi, watching it? I, no, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I hope uh, you finished it. It's really important <laughs> if you didn't finish it. Let me it. just wrap this up real quick. All right, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> no, so Naomi Harris, that's her name. She's fucking awesome. She's his wife. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoilers. We're going, I'm going <laughs> to say the entire plot of this shitty movie <laughs> in about one minute. Spoilers, so Naomi Harris. actors in the bunch really good actors phenomenal cast yeah great cast um maybe that should tip you off sometimes all right here's the deal <laughs> i'm going to i got it i want to say something but first i'm so bad at plugging shit i need to plug stuff first <laughs> Fuck it, but. um <laughs> on wednesday January 11th, Wednesday, January 11th. If you live in Owego, New York, uh, the Gentleman's Club is going to be there doing stand up at John Barleycorn. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> we're going to be at John Barleycorn. And then for Rochester people, we're going to be a comedy at the Carlson on January 28th. It's a Saturday. It's 12 bucks. Uh, Facebook.com slash the Gentleman's Club show. You can get your tickets there. All right. This is what I'm excited about collateral beauty. Cause I feel like with Will Smith, we haven't had this with Tom Cruise. We had this and we saw them from a mile away with, um, with night cruise and doing all the Tom Cruise movies. We had movies like, um, what was the flair bartending one? Cocktail. Oh, cocktail. Like cocktail. Which and was amazing. Yes. But amazing because it was bad. And I, this collateral beauty is in that same vein. Wow. And I feel like, because this was a bad movie and I feel like I, I wish I had more warning of how bad this movie was. It was just like kind of forgotten by time rather than realize like to me, this is this is up there. This ending is up there with Remember Me. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this is a Remember Me movie. A hundred percent where I also, would watch it a thousand times again just because the ending cracks me up so much. We're in the time period right now of like forgotten Will Smith films where it's like, yeah, what's concussion? What's collateral beauty? What's what's the one before concussion? Hmm. Uh, focus. Yeah. Yeah. Focus. Like, what are these movies? Where yeah. did they go and how did they get here? Here's the thing, too. Wasted fucking performances like this movie is garbage. But Will Smith gives a beautiful performance he is out acting almost himself like he really gives a beautiful performance and it is so painful that this was the gobbledygook it was wasted on like you know what i mean like i feel like if imagine this performance in like a movie that could deal with grief in a much deeper more profound way it like it would have been just so moving and jarring. His performance was beautiful. Just everything else really fucking sucked. I'm going to push you up against that a little bit because garbage is a very harsh word. But before we get into that, 
Uh, let's talk about Edward Norton because he was in the newsday and he was in this movie. He was in Collateral Beauty. Yeah, did he fuck Pocahontas or something? He's in the oh, newsday. no, no, he didn't do that. Uh, he's a direct descendant of Pocahontas records confirmed five hours ago. The Guardian. Yeah. Hope How is do he it. a descendant of Pocahontas because of John Smith? I don't know. He's one of John Smith's and Pocahontas is great, 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 great. But great. Like, isn't that interesting that they're like, oh, he's a descendant of Pocahontas, not like, oh, he's a descendant of her rapist. Yeah. Why would you want to be like if I was a descendant of, I don't know, like. Hitler and somebody famous, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, Hitler's the dude. I'd be like, oh, the other person. I know. But like a lot of those shows, they love being like, oh, my God, your ancestors were slave owners. And we're like, yeah, obviously. Well, he's Pocahontas. To spin it into a positive, I think Pocahontas is like obviously got more clout that you say John Smith. It's like, who the fuck is John Smith? Like you say Pocahontas, everyone's like, yo, I know who Pocahontas is. Disney movie was not called John Smith. But I feel like it doesn't do justice to like the fact that, you know, she was like 13 and like couldn't give I, consent to the like oh really <laughs> look, there's a different time. Okay. <laughs> but that's why like, you should be pre like, oh, you're descendants of like Pocahontas and John Smith. So people are like, oh. Like, Ooh. I feel like he's just saying Pocahontas because he's trying to get like because it's tribal cred. He's a honky. And that's that's why it's like interesting. It's like, oh, he's not he's not like an indigenous person. So it's like, oh, that's interesting that you have some of Pocahontas. Yeah, you. And I feel like he's trying to get I, tribal crowds. But like, not saying you got it that to him. Yes, he was told this. Lily. That's he it. Told this. Yeah, yeah. I also I understand it's not oh, his fault. But I'm also just saying. Po- Pocahontas, I don't think ever ended up with John Smith. Didn't she go off to England with some other dude? With John Smith. Not John Smith. She had to marry someone else. She married some tobacco motherfucker. Yeah. So John married not even loose. in this conversation. She was a fucking child bride. You heard it here. Lily wants her white Edward Norton to be a pure blood. No, <laughs> no I'm just saying I want him to give the full story He's and a- not just try and get that. If you saw, the- you know, res crap. If you saw the clip. No one's I didn't. getting res cred. Cred. He's not the one that's saying it. Somebody's saying it to him. I know. I'm just so saying. he's not going like I'm no. the second Pocahontas. I'm just saying. <laughs> just tell the full story. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just be like you are the motherfucker of Pocahontas and her rapist. <laughs> oh wait, is it a rapist? They were together. She was a child. She could not consent. They didn't even speak the same People fucking language. She spoke English. People lived until they were 22. You had to fuck at 14. How do you know she spoke English? Oh, OK. Isn't Guys, that how they, uh, I saw the movie. I know. <laughs> yeah. The raccoon gave her the powers. <laughs> it was the tree. <laughs> All right. Listen, Colette, we're getting off. Topic. Oh, second news. Second okay. news. I have one more update. Yeah. Anybody else got any plugs or comedy shows? Yeah, I have a plug right here. So speaking of night cruising, we went through Tom Cruise officially as of today, December. What's today? December 25th. What's it's, today? It's January. No, it's Christmas Day. You're right. <laughs> it's January 5th. <laughs> it's a January 5th, 2023. Avatar The Way of Water has just surpassed Top Gun Maverick mm. as the highest grossing film of 2022. Dude, Tom Cruise is pissed it's a lot of money 
Also, like to be fair, Avatar needed to gross that much money for how much it fucking spent. It still has to gross another billion. It's but, not even. <laughs> but here's what. But the thing is, it's already the th- the third one's already done. Okay. So it's gonna make even more money when the third one drops, and they don't have to do any more filming. Oh, but like, do they count that in the budget? Like when you said we spent two billion dollars, we spend it well, on second, third, and fourth. J- James, Cam- I feel like James Cameron was like half pulling our dicks on that one. You think? Yeah, like he's inflating it a little bit. You think, or just kind of like there's some truth to it, but he's half joking. Like, yeah, you know. I don't know. All I know is my man got so fucking high, and he watched Avatar: The Last Airbender because that's all these movies are turning into. Who's your man? Me, James Cameron. <laughs> like it's literally like Avatar. Okay, he saw Aang's blue stripe was just like, I'm going to make people oh, all yes. blue. And now he's like water, fire, earth, air. Like, my guy, you collateral beauty. All right, let's get into the collateral. Just beauty. Say he steal it. What it's all about. Directed by Dave Frankel. I think he did Marley and me. Yeah. Uh, Devil this. wears Prada. Maybe. Yep. Um, And didn't the writer Alan Loeb. Didn't he? Um, he made a Tom Cruise movie. Was he did it? Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, yeah. Rock of Ages, yeah. Right. Um, and he did Here Comes the Boom with a uh, James uh, King Queens guy. Oh. All right, oh yeah, yeah, he's like a UFC fighter. I- All right, so they cost thirty six mil to make this bad boy. They've grossed eighty eight million, so still made money at the box office. It's been critically panned. The story is what we say. I, I'm going to start this off with saying uh, this is a Christmas movie. It came out at Christmas it's and a- it was set at Christmas. So yeah. And it's essentially at least 20 percent a Christmas carol where somebody's bit. visited by three ghosts. Damn. That did needs not to make be that connection. visited by three ghosts. It starts off. Uh, I think Will Smith's character's name is Howard. Yes. Howard helps run. An ad agency has 60% uh, stock in it, as in like he's he majority. he's the majority partner in it. Um, and his other partner is Edward Norton's character, which I don't know what, the, what his name was. And then there's Kate Winslet, who's also another one of the big bosses. And it's those three together kind of running it's this ad Michael. agency. Who's Michael? Michael Pena? Oh, yeah. Michael Pena. Michael. Yeah. Um, they're all kind of running this ad agency, but Edward Norton and Will Smith are the, the big bosses that created this agency. And it starts off for like Will Smith is making a big speech like at the end of the year. And it's like like a nice hurrah type of speech. And he says something about like what we're doing here and what life is all about is love, time and death. Those three things, love, time and death. And they the- connect us all. And um, fast forward three years and will smith is sad now and he's building a bunch of dominoes like you know that you knock over and make one of those big domino chains and stuff in the building um at this ad agency in new york city basically his six-year-old daughter has died of some form of cancer brain something so and he's depressed and the whole ad agency is going down the pooper and edward norton kate winslet and um What's the other guy? Michael Pena. They um, get together and they're like, we got to basically sell this bitch. We're getting an offer, but we need 
Will Smith to okay the sale of this, but he's like not even talking to us. He's like a ghost, just like ghosting around this whole building and he won't make any decisions and he's not going to let us sell this thing. And, and so their solution, at least Edward Norton's initial solution to selling this thing, he, they, he, they're like doing like a casting call and, um, um, Kira Knightley's there. Yeah. And Kira Knightley like gives him, basically a, a, a new take on a slogan they were going to use as she's like going to be an actress that's that's trying out for this part in a commercial and he's like wow that's pretty good and he goes tells somebody else he's like hey we're going to do this for the slogan but here at your skin find your life that's what it was what was his though what was the bad one the other one it was just flip it was it, it was find like life shed your skin find your life and shed your skin yeah, uh, and she just reversed it. Yeah, Kara Knightley runs off for no reason and ends up back at um, like a loft where her, Helen Mirren, and other kid are putting on a play. And Edward, Jacob Lattimore and Edward Norton's character is just like that was really good. We want I want you in this commercial. Um, what the heck are you guys doing here? And they're like, we're just um. We're just doing plays and stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm going to be talking to you now. Rewind to the beginning of the movie. Edward Norton says something along the lines of like that. His dad has dementia. And and the best thing that you can do is just really lean into the dementia and the things that they say. So if they're like, your name's Bob, just be like, yeah, my name's Bob. And it's just as long as life is happy, life is happy type of thing. So he wants to do this with Will's. Oh, wait, I'm missing a part. Okay. Oh, they now find they they hire a this would be so fucking stupid because there's so <laughs> much set up to set up how this happens. Edward Norton, Kate Winslet and Michael Pena hire a private eye investigator to follow Will Smith around. And the point of it is to basically get like to take away his share so he can't decide anything about the ad agency and they can make all the like decisions. call his competency into question yeah because his kid died and he's depressed and he's he's just and like he's refusing to sell now the private eye investigator steals three letters that will smith is sending and these letters are to death they yep. are to time and they are to love he's literally written letters to them and put them in the mail to, and i don't know what fucking address he put on there he didn't write an address but he she, put postage on them. She steals them. She gets them somehow. And she shows them to these to, to Edward Norton, Kate Winslet and um, Michael Pena. And um, Edward Norton's idea is like, well, he's writing these letters out to these uh, inanimate things. Right. These ideas. And so what we're, I'm going to do is these three actors that I've talked to, Kira Knightley, Helen Mirren and other guy. I'm going to ask them to pretend that one's death. That one's love, so death, Helen Mirren, uh, love, Kira Knightley, and one is time, the other guy. Jacob Lattimore. Jacob's Ladder, yes. Um, and they are going to a- approach Will Smith as those characters and pretend like other people can't see them. And in fact, set, they're going to set it up so they make Will Smith think that he's literally talking to these things and other people can't see them. They like hire actors and stuff. And pretend be like, why is that man talking to himself? Holy fuck. And so he has conversations <laughs> with each of them. And he's literally thinks he's talking to death, to love and to time. But also Michael Pena is hooked up with Helen Mirren. She's death. Michael Pena is going through 
the, the fact that he's dying of cancer. And, and no so one knows. And then Edward Norton, he's divorced from his wife and having trouble with his daughter. Like she doesn't like him anymore because he cheated. Edward Norton's hooked up with Kieran Knightley, who's love. And she's teaching also teaching him about love along with Will Smith. And then you have the other guy, Jacob Lattimore, Jacob's ladder. And he's hooked up with Kate Winslet, who's trying to like have a baby, have a baby, get sperm in her belly. She ran out. OK, get sperm in her belly. That was not said. And he's helping her out because she feels like she's run out of time because she's got rotten eggs in her. She's like 40 okay. something. Oh, so they're learning lessons to the thing goes visit Will Smith and they're playing this big trick on him. And then all while he's also slowly going to grief counseling, going to grief counseling. And he meets this woman at grief counselor. (laughs) This is also fucking happening. Oh, my God. And obviously every at this at this counseling thing, everybody's lost a person in their life. Um, and the grief counselor keeps on asking Will Smith, who have you lost? And he's like, I lost my daughter. It's like six year old daughter or whatever. And, and, but he refuses to say her name and, and she's trying to connect with him. slowly. she's like, well, I also, you know, I also lost a six year old daughter and her name was Olivia and all this stuff. And like, <laughs> so they're kind of like getting their relationships building throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. By the end of the movie, Will Smith, like kind of weirdly calls out all three of them. Yeah. At like, a big business meeting where they're like, Hey, um, we took videos of oh, you we, we, yes. that we edited. <laughs> so they take videos of him talking to death, talking to time, talking to love and edit out Helen Mirren and, and, and yeah, Karen there's... Knightley and Jacob's ladder and edit them out. So he looks like he's crazy. So that that way lawyers can look at it and be like, look, he's crazy. We need to get rid of his 60 percent ownership of this company. Yeah. And so, so they make sell. him sign this thing, sign, basically selling all of his stock and making him sell this thing, just basically selling the, the trust to his dead daughter and, and whatever. And so now he's basically out of the company. He's bought out. He's got his millions of dollars and he calls them all out for being, you know, blah, 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 blah. you're dying. You're you 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 want sperm in your belly. You, you're bad with your daughter. Um, And then he goes to a house. Mm hmm like a nice house the whole time. He's kind of like an apartment alone and he goes to a nice house and there is the grief counselor that he's been seeing this woman who, and they both lost a daughter and you find out that that's his estranged wife. Yeah. And they're, they were together and they lost their daughter, Olivia at six years old. Yeah. And she knew that that was her husband. Yeah. And he knew that the grief counselor was his wife. Yeah. But they were pretending that they didn't know each other. Yeah. And, okay. now, and then and, and then and then that so now they're a happy family. And then the, the grief counselor told a story about how, like, when her daughter was first sick and dying. No, when her daughter was dying, when her daughter was dying, like a woman said something to her. Like, she was like, who are you losing? I'm losing my daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget to look at the collateral beauty. I am Helen Miram. Yeah. I am actually that. Yeah. So Helen Mirren said that to the, the the mother when the daughter was first dying and Helen Mirren was playing death, basically saying that the, she was actually death. Like the three people yeah, were death, people were love, were, were the, time, were the ghosts. It was a, of a Christmas carol that were visiting him. Yeah. But also the, visiting the other three. Visiting people. the other three, teaching them all a lesson. Yeah. So, yo, the end. 
I can't wait to get into all of this. Oh I'm my really god, here. that was so tiring to explain. Yeah. I mean I don't think the movie's terrible, but I do have a few suggestions. Okay, here's my thing. I don't the reason I say the movie is terrible, because one, I like to talk in extremes. I think for like the basic bare bones problem with the movie is that um it's like trauma baiting. It's uh it wants to take like a really traumatic event and say something inspiring and beautiful about that event, but it just doesn't accomplish it. So then it just seems like you're trying to make a movie to make people like feel something. And it just comes off like, if you don't do that well, it comes off super fucking comical. For sure. This movie, uh, this movie's wrong in all the best ways where it's like (laughs) weird fucking idea. So confounding. Maybe, dude, if you really strip it down, it's just that the script is fucking bizarre. I think everyone's giving like good performances. It's just a weird idea that they all have to convey. So it's very, very difficult, but it's like a lovely cast. Like I enjoy seeing like Holy shit. Good you know, when, do you, when do you see Edward Norton anymore? I know he was just in Glass Onion, but it's like you don't really see him that much. And Kate Winslet and then Will Smith and Helen Merritt, like seeing them all together in the a same. A lot of film. award winners or award nominees. Yeah. And it wasn't offensive to look at. I thought the cinematography was like actually really nice. Like it wasn't obnoxious. It didn't overstay its welcome. It's an hour 30. You're in, you're out. Mm-hmm. Uh it's that the script is so fucking weird. And here's my one fix. And I'm just going to throw it out right at the top. Mm-hmm. I think the whole bait and switch, because we, you guys read it the same way. The love, death and time are actually love, death and time. Right. That was yeah. the whole point with the bridge. Yeah. They should have just let that cat out of the bag. That should have been at the top of the movie. They like, should have kept it magical from the beginning. From the beginning, like, don't try to dupe us because I would have had so much more fun, almost like it's a wonderful life or I guess a Christmas Carol where it's just like, hi, I'm death. You wrote to me. And suddenly I'm like, okay, this is kind of like a 1940s whimsical throwback where he's now talking to these things he wrote letters to. That's fun to me. The twist, like to have to be like, no, they're actors. It's so fucking convoluted. Whereas the twist with the wife, okay, that's convoluted too. But just do that fucking twist. No. Don't do this twist with love, death, and time. Like, yeah. From See, the that's op- where I'm the opposite of you, Eric. Oh, shit. Okay. I think, because, like, whatever. You keep the twist with time, death, and love because they're also helping those three characters because they're dealing with shit. So you're like, oh, look, it's the bait and switch where, like, they think they're hiring these actors, but they're really getting help that they need like they're so focused on how fucked up he is that they're not noticing how fucked Mm. up they are whatever i think it goes way too far and made me laugh my ass off when you find out the end that it was his wife he was talking to the whole time because they say at the beginning of the movie his child has been dead for two fucking years and listen i would kill myself if one of my kids (laughs) i'm not making it two years but like the fact that she is playing this game with him two years after their child dies, like absolutely fucking not. I'd be spitting in his face. I would be smacking him around like, don't 
like, you know, maybe a little closer to the death, you could play this game. But two years out, you're going to pretend like you don't fucking know who I am and you don't know we have a child together. Like, that's fucking rude. But I didn't. Sorry, Mark. I just want to get in this quick point. I didn't necessarily think that was like a big it wasn't like mental gymnastics to be like, these people don't know each other. In fact, I'm just like, this is what happens to people. And she senses how fucked up he is. So like a cat, when he shows up to the fucking meeting or whatever to talk to everyone, she's not going to be like, that's my husband. You're my husband. Then him run out. She's like, wait, he's like so fucked up. I got over this way quicker, not got over, but you know what I mean? I healed from this way quicker. I was okay with that, that they were no. pretending that they didn't know each other. I, I got a, I got an easy fix for this all right, all right, fucking movie. Save all right. Save keep, me and Chloe. keep a bunch, keep a bunch of it pretty much the same. Um, but I think that bothered me the most was like their whole cockamamie plan Edward Norton's plan was to, after a while, ended up being that, okay, so these actors are going to talk to Will Smith. So death, um, love, and time, they're all going to talk to Will Smith at some point, and we're really going to rile him up. Let's get him riled up. And then what we're going to do is digitally edit them out of, like, the the, the private eye investigator is going to be filming this happening, Mm -hmm. and the private eye is going to digitally edit out Helen Mirren like t- time, death, and um, and love, like the people that are talking to Will Smith out of there. So he looks like he's talking to himself, mm-hmm. right? Which is crazy. So they show video of him talking to himself, mm-hmm. right? Which, so that means <laughs> that they were digitally edited out. Yeah, yes. which means they were that people could see them. Right. So in theory, at least they could see them. They set it up at the beginning of the movie. Somebody digitally edited them out because that was the plan. I assume the private eye did. Yeah. So but so the private eye got a bunch of footage. Yeah. And was like. Uh, there's nobody there. That no, would have no. been a scene. But oh, the, the private I, I literally had to digitally edit them out because that was the plan. But at the beginning of the movie, they said, like, Okay, the rules are yeah. whoever we want to see us can see us. So they allowed the private eye mm-hmm. to see them. Right. So they made that rule that that happened. But also these are magical beings that are time, death and yeah. and love. Yeah. But people can see them and they had to be digitally edited out, which I know technology wise would be an insane thing to do. Also, it's a crime and like to like basically blackmail somebody like that. What they so the, the, the reason I bring this up is because it's an actual plot point that had to move the f- story forward. Um, and it was stupid. And they set up way too many rules. They they were like tripping themselves the entire way. Here's the big fix. Don't have it where you had to hire these motherfuckers. Just have Will Smith visited by these people that are saying, I'm death, I'm time, I'm whatever. And then have the private eye have taken footage of him yelling at nobody. Because they are, you know what I mean? They are yeah. magical beings right. that nobody else can fucking see but Will Smith. So the private eyes just got this footage of this dude yelling at, at nobody because they're magical beings and nobody else can fucking see them. And then scrap all the other bullshit you've got in the way that you're tripping over this I entire the, fucking but movie. the point of the movie was that those three entities also needed to talk to the three people in his life and no. get them correct also well, you could have also done that in like you could have those themes they don't have to fucking literally talk to each other or maybe at the end they go and visit them 
or yeah. some shit. This movie's tripping over itself the entire time. Clean it up, bitch. Yeah, well, it's because it wants to do something deeper than it actually is. It's- and this is a small scene, but I think for me, it crystallizes where this movie wants to be deep, but it's swimming in a shallow pool is like he's eating dinner and like love comes and visits him. And he literally just like, like, what the freak are you doing? And it's like a real movie. that had like depth. They would just give you the fuck. They'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of my face. It wouldn't be like, what the freak are you doing? I'm bothered. And I feel like that small scene right there tells you so many of the problems of the movie where it's just like they are swimming in too shallow water, but trying to pretend like they have enough space to do something as deep and emotional as like talking about grieving a dead six year old. I think the reason that they. It's so convoluted. They're tripping over themselves is because they had to. They wanted those things where they tricked the audience. Yeah, they wanted those two big moments where they tricked the audience. But in order to get there, they had to set up a bunch of barriers for you to overcome that. You had to overcome that to then be tricked at the end. Instead of being focused on having some like M. Night fucking weird bullshit twist at the end two times, they should have just been like, let's make a movie that's about this. Instead of having the twist at the end, which is why they had to set up all the bullshit to begin with. Yeah, you almost might have to. And I knew I know they thought it was so clever to be like, oh, death is really helping the other people or death, love and time are really helping the other people just as much as they're helping Will Smith. But just X that like, don't have the other people. It's about saving fucking Will Smith's soul. Streamline it. Tell us in the 15 minutes at the inciting incident that they're really that would have been so rad if he wrote these letters. I know it's corny and shallow and like a Hallmark movie, but I would have been so much more in the pocket if he wrote those letters. And then these things showed up and it's like, hi, I'm death. I, I would have been like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. I'm in again in a Hallmarky way. I'm, I'm saying I would be jazzed in that way. I would say even make it more of a comedy. Sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, I'm death. And then it's like funny, but then it's, it's a dramedy. It's scrubs. You know, it's sad because the girl, a late, uh, kid's dead, all that type of stuff. Instead a little of, that hitch, a little that hitch. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, this movie made the twists in seven pounds seem more weighted. What was the twist in seven? Yeah. Pounds? What was the twist? Did he kill more? himself? Oh, the yeah. One where he was like pretending to be like an IRS agent. Yeah. To find people that he wanted to give his organs to. And he was like fucking kissing them and shit. Oh, yeah. But, but like, I one... feel like that had more weight than this one. This one. And I know it's because Kira Knightley was in it and it's Christmas time. This one almost felt like they were almost trying to do like a love actually set up. Well, around the premise of a dead child where it's like, OK, we have all these people and they're kind of interconnected. And the whole theme is about how everyone's interconnected and it's a Christmassy time movie, but like, let's set it around a fucking super depressing premise. And that shit does not work. Like, just give it to me straight. I do think a lot of movies are trying too much to do too many twists and turns and like trick the audience. But I feel like, um, I don't need a twist or a turn with grief. I don't need a gotcha moment when we're talking about a man whose child died. Like, I feel like that kind of holds its own merit 
And I just think that you cheapen uh, that pain and that grief when you're trying to get gotcha moments into the script. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't serve like a satisfying feeling at the end. You know what? This falls under this umbrella of dramas that have these like insane, weird twists or quirks that are like that ruin the viewing experience. So you guys already mentioned, remember me where it's like, Oh, it's really nine 11. Oh my God. And you're like, what is this ad? What does this serve? It's just weird and depressing. Uh, there was this one movie. I guess I won't say the titles of these movies in case people want to see them. But there's like a movie about you watch like a guy like breaking his wife out of jail. And at the end of the movie, you realize it's him thinking about how he's going to do it. And then he's Ugh. like, all right, I'm going out the door. And he goes out the door, slams the door, credits start. And you're like, that's a waste oh, so of time. Yeah. So that was all in his head or, you know. Again, it's this umbrella of films where what you're watching is not really what's what. And it's mm. I don't know. I think it, it it's like a fad that's a little underwhelming at the end. Them disappearing at the end. I'm just like, you should have just told this from the start. I knew it was going to happen anyways. Just tell us from the start. I well, think- like, it feels kind of lazy, too, because. Lazy, I think they work too hard. (laughs) No, but like, okay, so they set up all this convoluted bullshit, right? They set it all up, but then they get to the meeting. We're like, this guy, we're kind of blackmailing him. He's incompetent. And all of a sudden he's just like, well, you know what? Even though I've been coming into the office every day, fully dressed, showered and just not working, which is like strike one. Why was that guy even fucking doing that? Two, and I haven't been talking to any of you or answering the door when you bring me food. Strike two, why would that guy be coming into the office every day? He goes, so I've been doing all that stuff, but guess what? I've been still noticing you want a family real bad. Bitch, you haven't told anyone, but you're dying. Bitch, my daughter died. You just got divorced. Just go be with your daughter. I see you all. Also, I've been refusing to sell this company and also refusing to work. So we're losing money. But you know what, dying guy? I would obviously take care of your child. And it's like, well, what the living fuck? If this guy knew all of this, why didn't he say anything? Or why didn't they just have him be a hermit and not show up to the motherfucking house? Like, guess what? We've seen this movie. It's called Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler. And that made more sense where it's like, this guy's a fucking recluse. It didn't make sense that Will Smith's character was fully in the office every motherfucking day. And then at the end being like, I noticed everything, but was just like, but I was just letting you guys flail for no fucking reason. It made Will Smith's character Howard seem like a bad guy. Like, oh, you're just like being shitty and uh, making us suffer for no reason. Thanks. I have cancer. Thanks for not mentioning it just till now. Yeah. Will. Yeah. I I think my favorite part of this movie, though, was um, when they first hired the private eye, which this I I can't think of her name. She looks like I love this, but she's from the leftovers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Love her. She's incredible. She's in um, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. She's like a seamless Kathy Bates. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. But my favorite part is like they hired her. They're like, she's the best private eye in the land or some shit. I don't know. And so her first private eyeing was um, Will Smith (laughs) is uh, bringing the letters to go send them out. And she steals the letters. But how she steals the letters (laughs) is she comes 
she swings by in a bicycle pulled rickshaw which i feel like if you're a private investigator that's supposed to be following people around i, I don't know on a bicycle <laughs> rickshaw it might be the worst mode of transportation <laughs> there was such a choice yeah, on a as bicycle. soon as someone gets into like a moped they're, yeah. they're gone <laughs> or like he doesn't even know what you look like lady just follow behind like him. that might be something i remember seeing yeah like why is this lady and she's like cutting across traffic on a you're like you're you're at the mercy of the rickshaw driver like, and also the rickshaw driver is okay with her breaking into a mailbox yeah it's just such a slow mode of transportation too <laughs> it was such a choice it was great so this is 2017 though when this came out so this is like we'll say this is like 16 all right so this but this is like will smith now you know this last six five six years Okay. of will smith and we know everything that's pretty much come out since that point whether it's you know like aladdin i think of bad boys three we still have coming up brick uh but... emancipation king richard maybe i'm missing one or two uh, that, that cartoon <clears throat> what cartoon where he's like a oh, pigeon. pigeon man or... oh shit which was pretty good yeah i have seen that it was good spies and, I... and guys yes and i know like all these uh you know everybody's career has ebbs and flows and stuff Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're it's it's a we're in a weird part of Will Smith's life where it's like he's I always I, in my head it's always been that he's an action hero and I know we have Bad Boys mm. three coming up you know and I'm because I'm just thinking of things like um, Independence Day mm-hmm. um, and the Bad Boys movies and stuff. Same as the funny guy, funny guy, but also action, action comedy type mm-hmm. of thing, and. There's just a lot more of drama stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of like character stuff like Ali and whatever. But what do we really have coming forward? That's like, oh, this is like a really good Will Smith movie. Like even Emancipation seems like nobody gives a shit. Um, so are we like in a real bad lull for Will Smith? Like currently, is this like a bad time for Will Smith? I, I think I think so, because I think the King Richard thing was supposed to be like, Oh, he he's back. He's back. And yeah, then he fucking ruined it. I don't know. I find it it is it is hard to decipher why so many of these movies didn't hit. And you could be like, oh, the script wasn't good, or was it the time that it came out? It, but it's really is it was it just like movies are changing and streaming is coming out so it's just a weird time generally is it him it is very hard to gauge why so many of these movies are just like what he made okay, that? i have i have a theory and it just came to me right now and i'm losing it as i'm thinking about it Perfect. uh so a young man's game like let's take a robert pattinson right Mm. He kind of has early Will Smith vibes in the sense that no, actually, that no, he has no Will Smith vibes. He's what I was going to say is just kind of like Fresh Prince and all that stuff. You wouldn't take Will necessarily seriously. People loved him. But from Fresh Prince, are you going like, oh, he's going to give us like Ali? And that was because they both played Batman. But I feel like Robert Pattinson literally has Christian Bale vibes where he does the art, art. Indie well, type stuff, but it's also fucking Batman. 
Well, no, that's what I, I was getting at. Love I, to just fuck him. I, <laughs> that's how I was getting at. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. So the young man's game, Robert Panson, he realized people just thought he was from Twilight and Harry Potter. He couldn't shake that image. So uh, instead of continuing no. this trajectory of doing studio movies or bigger budget movies or things where it's like, oh, I'll play the love interest and remember me or something. He decided to go the very gritty indie route, just, just handing jerking himself- off in all of his movies. Exactly. Handing himself over to scary, cutting edge directors, people like Claire Denis, the Safdie brothers. He was just handing himself over to these people to be like, let's do your $500,000 movie. Let's go film in the streets of New York and we'll make it crazy. That built his credibility, right? And then he can become things like the Batman. And then now he can play in the studio sphere while also jumping back and forth. So that's usually a young man's game. I'm looking at Will Smith and I'm saying, you have to do that. You have to put your life in the hands of auteurs, similar to what Cruz was doing a lot of time. Like, oh, I'll put my hands in or put myself in the hands of Kubrick and this person, that person, auteurs. Will Smith has does Here's the problem. Will Smith is a brand, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to uphold this image. And that's why he does the big blockbuster. So when he steps out to do a drama now, he can't go too far and do a weird drama. He has to do something that's still, uh, what's the word? Like still uh, for populous America, they can still stomach, or at least what like an advertising exec think like popular America wants to watch. It, mm. Does that even make sense? All right, no, no, I got, all right. I'm going to jump Hit off me. of yours. Because I've got an idea and it's not getting weaker. It's getting stronger as time goes by. This idea that just came into my head about what's going on with Will Smith's career. I totally lost my thought. No, no, no. But I see what you're saying where you're like, oh, he's built by like a PR machine ad agency where it's like, hey, you got to do the, you know, hey, do that rated R action film. Do that bad boys, right? You're going to get your cred and, you know, you're going to get like the African-American community type of thing. But then also make sure you're uh, in a cartoon every five years. Yeah. And make sure you're voicing that and then make sure you all. Hey, hey, make sure you do that character piece. Get that Oscar bait going. And I feel like like it and then do your do your action movie, do your sci fi movie, do a comedy. And it's almost like a cycle. And I feel like that worked 20 years ago. Mm. And I feel like you could build your career like that 20 years ago. And they even do this with artisanal food. Now, look at the box of any fucking artisanal cracker. All right. Back in the day, you could be a salt teen and you worked everywhere. You could be a Ritz and you worked everywhere. Now you have to have like a story behind you. These this the wheat from these crackers are picked by brothers in Argentina and they, you know, survived the civil war of Argentina and they and they created these artisanal crackers and they're eight dollars mm. a box right that's how it, that's how the food is nowadays yeah. you can't be a ritz cracker or a saltine cracker anymore you have to be the artisanal one right like and everybody's got to have their little story brennan frazier sad sack that is now coming back love right him. he's coming back and he's doing like these art indie type films and people love him for him he's got a story yeah. tom yeah. cruise literally saving movie theaters also, will do his own stunts and he's 90 years old. Still on his bullshit. He's got a story behind him, right? Mm. What the fuck is Will Smith's story? These actors that he got cuckold? Even Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, his his star is in his shine as much as it used to, but especially now when, when you get accused of hitting a kid. But now when Brad Pitt is in movies, it's like, hey, 
I'm Brad Pitt. And he's kind of winking at the camera the entire time. Tom Hanks, he's just like, I'm just like a fat dad, right? That's Tom Hanks now. Everybody has to have their little stories. And what's Will Smith's story that he does just like this cycle of cartoon, you know, um, cartoon action movie, comedy movie, and then, you know, character movie where he's going for Oscar bait. And also he slapped Chris Rock. He needs to have like a comeback story. He needs to have something or he needs to have a niche in the type of movies that he does. Can I tell you? And I feel kind of shitty saying this um, because I don't think it's fair, but I think Will Smith would, I mean, minus if he had slapped Chris Rock, I think he would have had a bigger pop and his movies would have come back quicker, more big um, if he'd gotten divorced. Jade is holding him back. No, I don't think that Jade is holding back. I think, um, I think people are animals. You know what I mean? And I think people they like bad things. You know what I mean? Like you, we all find out about like Will Smith getting cuckold, and I don't know. Maybe he was also doing shit. All very vague, but like it turned him into kind of like a sad sack and, you know, good for him because he's just like, this is my wife of forever. And, you know, we work through our shit and we're staying together and I'll slap somebody if they make an innocuous joke about her. Like, you know, he. He stayed true to what I assume is his personal life about like this is he wants to move forward with her and that's what they want to do. But I think in the realm of public opinion, I think because Jada, people are racist and misogynist. So like they have just such negative views of her, especially with that situation and like the Red Table Talk interview that I think people would have rallied hard around Will Smith if he had divorced her. Just like I think people started liking Brad Pitt again after him and Angelina Jolie finally got divorced because people felt kind of bitter about him and Jen Aniston and him leaving Jen Aniston for Angelina that I think people were like back on Brad Pitt's side when they felt like, oh, he left the other woman finally. I think people are fucking insane and super invested in people's personal lives that they don't know. And so I feel like um, sometimes that helps them be on your side where it's just like, yeah, Brad finally left Angelina, that fucking bitch. We got the old Brad Pitt back. I mean, and they just are willing to overlook like some really shitty accusations coming out against him. And then like he played into it by like flirting with Jennifer Aniston at like the Golden Globes and shit. People are like, yeah, I've got the old Brad back. I wonder if Will Smith would have gotten some of that shit too. If like, say he had divorced Jada a while ago and then Bad Boys 3 hits. They been like, oh shit, original Will Smith is back. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's shitty, but I think it plays into it. Also, I have a theory on top of my old theory. Ready for this? Yes. Ready? So if Will Smith has to churn out the, the sci-fi movie, the action movie, the comedy, the animated, and the drama, he's on a schedule, right? Mm. 
if he wants to work with true auteur director, it's the Michael Manns of the world when he worked with him and did Ali, or if he wants to work with Paul Thomas Anderson, or if he wants to work with Tarantino, you have to go onto their schedule because it's not like Tarantino is like, yep, every two years in the summer, I'm going to do this. So just make sure that's free. So Will Smith now has to jump to these dramas. Again, he's not jumping into risky dramas like a licorice pizza. He's jumping into concussion and focus. And um, what did we just watch? <laughs> Collateral beauty. Uh, it's such a safe option because I'm assuming those directors have way more flexible schedules. Like this guy who, who directed this, David. It's like Fulco? every 10 years, he, he makes a movie by accident. Right. He and made so Marley it, and Me, which again is like a cha- like a wannabe deep movie that's swimming in shallow waters. Yeah. So I'm blaming the schedule too, where it's like if Will Smith, but Will Smith also disappeared for 10 years recently. Remember, we were like, holy shit, why did he, he like, like produced uh, a bunch of stuff? Yeah. So I don't But that's when he was trying to build up his kids' careers. I think he, I, I also might, we might be thinking too deep into this. Like as a male actor, is it just because he doesn't have like a successful superhero? You know what I right. mean? Hancock like, didn't take off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not like he has a successful superhero, like all, uh, all the other male actors that are kind of actiony. Suicide Squad didn't take off. I mean. Because that's the only fucking movies they make. Put him in a Star Wars. No, sure. he's too Will Smith. Put him yeah. in an MIT think- three. I just yeah, I just I just don't like collateral beauty is just you know what I mean? It's just kind of like a I think seven pounds got closer. You know what I mean? If you're trying to make like these like weird movies, seven pounds got a little closer, but like you know, like a movie that does grief really well and has outstanding performances, Silver Linings Playbook. I think Will Smith could have shined in a movie like that. Can he ballroom dance? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> what um, what was the one that we liked with Margot Robbie? Focus. Yeah, focus. Just go full like old people movies like that. Like, honestly, I'm fine with that. I like, think, that was pretty good. I think Will Smith, I think one of his biggest fuck ups is that he did not do more rom coms. Like, legitimately. Yeah, he is yeah. so handsome. He could give you such a good like breakup scene because he's such a good actor, like a la notebook. Um, genuinely, I I can't fathom why he did not do more rom-coms in his catalog. I think it is a big issue. I think if some of these movies he had gone for female audiences instead of like general audience and like giving us some fucking epic romances, like give us some fucking down and dirty sex scenes. Will Smith, like he is beautiful and he's fucking charming. Like he is made for romance movies. He is made for rom-coms because he is funny and um, he just doesn't. And I think, I, I think it would have helped in these later years. So we got emancipation, some nice fucking slavery torture porn for everybody. Yo, Lily, I'm about to pitch you something. And Mark, you guys, this is a million dollar, million dollar idea. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Pay me the big bucks. Here's his comeback. Mm-hmm. He should have been like announced to be like, holy shit. 
Magic Mike 3, Will Smith is. Oh my God. Yes. Did they do that with Jada in one of them? Or who did they do that with? Hmm. Maybe it's not Jada. But, anyways, if you heard he was in Magic Mike, it's like, yeah, that's that's the movie for the. Yeah, like you almost want something fucking fun. (laughs) Oh, like like people looking. Yeah, yeah, like not like the gay American. community. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I it mean, is? it's for everyone. Magic Mike is for the everyone. gays. Straight, you know what it is? We gays. lost. Yeah. We lost <laughs> fun. Will. you know what I mean? Like he for a while, up an but, like every few years, he was like turning out a man in black, a bad boy. Like he was remind you, like Will Smith is fun. Some of the things that stick the most with me with Will Smith is his music, and it's all motherfucking fun. These years aren't fucking fun. Like focus was kind of fun, but again, trying to have a bunch of gotcha moments. Like stop gotcha me, okay, Will Smith. Stop with your gotcha moments in your movies, and just bring us the fun. Like show that you don't take yourself so serious. Like yes, Magic Mike, that would have been fucking brilliant, brilliant. Give us a fucking love. So, you know what I mean? What about Genie. No, don't no. Stop going for the general audience and get in touch with us fucking ladies. Get in touch with the gays. Like the, the gays like G-A-Z-E gays people. I I knew as it was coming out of my mouth it wasn't gonna sound right. No, I no, but I'm with it. Like what about yeah. the lesies? He's you know what he's charming enough. Yes. For lesbians. I'm just saying, I feel like he's gotta stop chasing like white males to his movies because he's got them he makes an action movie those fuckers will come appeal to me baby damn all right i'm your untapped ladies and they'll fucking come (laughs) hello okay uh can i ask you too what did you think about the weird fucking tv in the meeting room how is that that was so bizarre good technology (laughs) it looked like um how would you describe it? Like a the be a minority uh, report. Yeah. yeah, it was just like it's like how is this floating screams like from like a it was like almost like a floating McDonald's menu. How the McDonald's yeah. menus are like like a chandelier now. of TVs unnecessary that like immediately oh. when it turned off See, disappeared. That's another stupid thing in this movie. The mount that Edward Norton and all of them were bitching about how poor they are. Like they they run an ad firm in New York City that looks like it employs like sixty to eighty white people. Like I think they're doing all right. They have stock options and shit. They, he was acting like he had no money. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. I will say uh, one piece in this movie. You know what? They are connected. So I'll tell you one piece that I really loved in this movie, and one piece I would have beaten the shit out of a person over. Whoa, okay. okay, so he um goes out to dinner with the grief counselor, who we later found out is his wife, and he she tells him a story that he must fucking know. You know what I mean? Like, all oh, this is again. If Lily was my grief counselor and a estranged wife, the entire <laughs> movie she would be doing going, Mark, you're my husband. You should be at home instead of. Or I would be like, a stranger. Hey, you fucking asshole. Stop pretending like you don't know who our daughter is. Like, that's fucking disrespect. I grew her in my stomach and I pushed her out of my fucking vagina, assuming 
Stop pretending like you don't know who she is. That's fucking rude. Anyways, they go out to dinner pretending that they fucking don't know each other. And she tells him this story of when they're in the hospital. And Mark said earlier, where like an old woman's like, who are you losing? She's like, my daughter. She's like, well, don't forget to look for the collateral beauty, which already, if you got to say the name of the movie in the movie, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's never a good look. Never a good look. So she's like telling the story and she finds it so emotional. Like, and you know what? That got her through that even though horrible shit is happening, something beautiful is still happening. And I will tell you upfront right now, if some piece of fucking shit ever said anything about beauty to me while I was about to hold my child while I died, guess what? They need two fucking coffins because I would fucking kill that person. That is so nasty and so gross and disgusting. Anyways, so she tells a super emotional story. It means a lot to her. It's how she like got past her grief and she was like, I know you don't believe it, but like, I think if you could look at the collateral beauty, you could move past something. And all he does is just looks at her and goes, okay. And it was the funniest, most believable moment in the whole movie where it's just like, okay. <laughs> Why? I, oh, yeah. God. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I was just saying it was crazy. <laughs> oh, I, um, I, I've been hearing from people about Michael Pena. Is that how you say his last name? I don't know. I mean, you've said it like that so well that I'm convinced it has Bim, to be. Yeah. Um, I keep on like, or I've heard people say just like kind of like, when's it this guy's turn? He's always kind of like the just like the other guy, the side character. He's in, I think he's if he, he's like in Star Wars, Transformers, Marvel movies, DC movies, just always as like a kind of funny like Spanish guy, right? And I think I realize why he's never going to be the guy. And I just think he's not that good. I never look at him and go like, oh, this guy needs a turn. This guy needs a turn to, to lead a movie. It's just like you just got to kind of ride. You're lucky you're here. And you just got to kind of ride this out there, big boy. Yeah, enjoy you know? where you are. Yeah. I, I don't think he, he's like an Ant-Man, maybe. I don't know. He he should just be grateful for what, what he's able to do, which is be I'm around sure people with is. talent. I'm and sure he, he could just kind of like half suck in the background. I I'm not going to say that man's not grateful. I'm assuming he's very <laughs> grateful saying, for grateful, what life Michael. has <laughs> afforded. I'd like Michael to be a little grateful. <laughs> you know, again, I'll say this. I really do think a lot of these actors did a great job. I think Kate Winslet was very good in this movie. Helen Mirren? Um, Helen Mirren. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was fine. <gasps> they made wow. death a little um, too sexy for like, an old lady. Sucking. Like, ooh, I can't wait to get my shot at acting some more. And she's like, okay. That's why she should have been death from the beginning. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like really I mean, hammed it up. Guys, she was death from the beginning. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. Not this good movie. performance of Will Smith at the end, even though I was cackling that that was his fucking wife and she was showing him videos of himself with their daughter um his tears were impeccable and incredible and believable and you know i just think it's really unfortunate that these like really great acting chops were kind of wasted on this because you know like here's my thing like they should have just gone really dark with this movie 
and he should have just killed oh, himself. To go <laughs> with it, he could still kill himself. Um, I, no, I'm he getting... should have had sex with death, had sex oh. with love. Oh shit! Okay, shit I did like when he was with time, and you just had like a uh, young Jacob just like fucking up his dominoes and kind of being like a young Will Smith at him. Mm. I I'm I'm kind of sick of uh, emo Will Smith. Like I like I don't know I I want to go to see a can you imagine being a Will Smith fan and being like I want to go see Will Smith mm-hmm. doing fun Will Smith shit mm-hmm. like you got to see Edward Norton doing fun Edward Norton stuff being kind of funny and charming and all that stuff and like so I'm watching Will Smith just mope around a movie mm-hmm. for an hour and a half like I'm a Will Smith fan I want to see Will Smith be Will Smith and do Will Smith shit and it's just like I'm a sad guy for an hour and a half and that's what I paid my my ticket. Will Smith would have been good in Glass Onion. Oh, he would have been awesome in Glass yeah. Onion. But speaking of Will Smith being sad, this might be the most intense crying scene I've ever seen in my fucking life. When she shows him the video of his daughter and he finally says Olivia and he's like, oh, I'm your ex-husband or estranged husband. That's my daughter. As he's watching the home video, he starts to cry and his like eyes go bloodshot red, huge tears like well in the eye and they don't fall out. They don't fall out. They don't fall. Out, and then they finally start to fall out. I was like, dude, you are giving it 200 percent. And really, yeah. you just need to show up and give 80 percent and we'll be content as yeah. fat little American pigs. <laughs> well, and like I think his own father was dying while he made this movie or like you know, oh, right before okay. he made this movie. So I think it was real. But I think that's what's sad is like, you know, the same year you got like Manchester by the Sea coming out. And not that like I support that fucking pervert, um, Casey Affleck. Oh. Um, but you know, I Will Smith's acting level is that level where like he could be making movies like that, and instead he's wasting it on like this kind of fucking fluff shit. You know, like if I'm going to see sad Will Smith, I want to feel fucking depressed. You know what I mean? Like, I want to leave that theater feeling fucking depressed right along with him because I think he can take it there. But instead, I'm leaving this theater being like he was super sad, but this shit. Was silly. All right. What do we got next? Bright. Bright's coming up. Yeah, Bright's the next one. Um, can we just like say one more time though? Like these movies where you got your kids dying, it doesn't make me more noble. Um, I know people have like lost children and they're wonderful humans. I'd fucking kill myself. Damn. So we got Bright coming up. <laughs> and the sad part is if you type in suicide squad or no if you type in suicide on google <laughs> suicide hotline doesn't show up so lily's not gonna be able to call them because the first thing that shows up is suicide squad with will smith which and so may, how do you get to the number which might encourage your choice i forgot that margot robbie made a standalone um harley quinn movie oh yeah birds of prey i haven't watched it mm. i forgot about that very bizarre. Oh, can I bring up one minor note about this movie that I don't think either of you noticed, but I did. In this movie, it wasn't every scene, but there's a few scenes where he is wearing the bluest sneakers 
And it bugged the fucking shit out of me because I kept thinking he had on, um, you know, like those coveralls you can put over your shoes, like, oh, um, yeah, like at a construction people put them on before they come into your house or like at the hospital to keep like blood off your shoes. I kept thinking he was wearing those, but instead it was just very blue shoes. And like the whole palette and some of the scenes were so muted that my feet, my like eyes went immediately to his feet. And I don't know why, but it has stayed with me and it really bugged me. And I wished um, someone had caught that and changed his shoes. Looking at you, costume designer. Mm. Bright is coming up. We're going to the lead. Of hobbits, <laughs> are the hobbits there? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's like oh. modern day he, Tolkien. Last theory, last theory. Oh, theory, theory. On paper, if you're told, "Hey, the guy who directed The Devil's Wear- Wears Prada wants to make this drama," we get Will Smith, kind of an eccentric script. Oscar, it it might sound better on paper. And then, oh, you, yeah, for sure. You know I, mean? I, I think I think that is a hard thing. I think these concepts, when they're done well, people are blowing you. When they're done like this, people think of Hallmark. I do think it's a very fine line that I could see being very hard to decide, like which one's going to hit the mark and which one's not. Mm. You don't know until you're like done type thing. Will Smith, I hope King Richard pulls through. Will Smith, I hope you start making rom-coms or romances because I think, honestly, give us like a notebook. It works for Ryan Gosling. All right, next one is bright, everybody. (laughs) Okay, bye.